and they made some cast announcements too for the voices. Uh, Chris Pratt, Star Lord, is is Mario. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, Charlie Day of Always Sunny fame is Luigi. Okay, are they doing Italian accents? That's a very good question. <laughs> Episode 445. It's a podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Josh. Welcome back, Josh. Thanks for having me again. And little John. Yeah, he just (laughs) jumped right in my lap right as we were getting ready to go. (laughs) <laughs> doesn't really have anything to say just wanted to turn <laughs> looked like he was uh he was starting to think about going for that microphone and then uh changed his mind and laid back down <laughs> yeah no I, I i love this cat but accusing him of thinking <laughs> like i i don't think he's ever had a thought in his head oh no Other he than... is very sweet but not very intelligent does he think about food at least? Yeah, yeah. I, I think most cats do, though. That, that <laughs> might be hardwired. He thinks about food and getting scratches and then biting you. <laughs> How many cats do you have now? Uh, Three. Okay. I thought it was three. Yeah, I, I had two for a long time. Then after my previous roommate and her two moved out, I ended up getting a third. Which, oddly enough, the newest one prefers my new roommate to me, so. <laughs> Was the new roommate already there when cat number three arrived? No, but cat number three came in, uh, I guess, wasn't interested in fighting the existing two for attention. So when a new person came into the, the house, like Jojo just started going to her for attention. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Like, that human is covered. That human is taken. There's already two cats fighting over that one. This one's all by herself. I'm going to go over there. Yeah, basically. Well, that's, see, that's a, that cat can think. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, the, like, the, the two girls are actually, like, pretty intelligent. It's just little John that maybe has two brain cells that I don't (laughs) think communicate with each other very well. Well, he looks fine, so at least he's got that going for him. <laughs> oh, boy. A little change in the weather, huh? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I, I actually had to get the blanket out last night. Uh, yeah, we turned the heat on. <laughs> it hasn't gotten cold enough to flip my heat yet. It, it, got, it just got cold enough. Like, it wasn't that first night. Didn't quite do it, but... I guess it was yesterday, with all the wind that came behind the cold front. kind of tends to blow the hot air out of the attic. And the house cools down pretty rapidly after that, on the second night. Yeah, I'm going to guess there must have been, like, 
in my area some trees like still in rough shape from that windstorm a few months ago from like one of the hurricanes like passing nearby or whatever because yeah something knocked down a tree across a very important wire and i was without power for like five or six hours on i think it was wednesday night oh wow yeah that was um yeah wednesday the first day of spring Wait, okay, I need to ask this, you this question because I think you might actually know. When, when, what is the first day of spring technically? Is it the day that, or not, not spring, fall. I keep saying spring for some stupid reason. The first day of fall. I guess this also applies to spring and summer and winter, but in this case, we're talking about fall because it's September. Um, is the first day of fall the day on which the actual equinox occurs because it happens at a specific time it was like 2 30 in the afternoon this year um or is it the the next day the first full day i don't know i just know they're in close proximity but i never really thought about like the specific timing because because i i i looked it up last week during the recording what which day was the first day of fall because i suspected it might have been wednesday so i could say as you're listening to this episode, as it posts, it's the first day of fall. Ha ha. But um, I looked it up and whatever the first thing that came up in Google when I typed in first day of and let it autofill fall 2021. And I very specifically remember that it said fall 2021. Um, it said Thursday, the 23rd. And so that's what I told everyone. <laughs> and I was wrong. It's <laughs> And I did it just now and it came up. Wednesday the 22nd. <laughs> yeah, I, what I'm looking at says the 21st was the fall equinox and the 22nd was the first day of uh, fall. The 21st was the equinox? Yeah. Here, Farmer's Almanac says uh, the first day of fall is Wednesday, September 22nd at 3.21 p.m. Eastern. I remembered it as 2.31. Well, there's my mild dyslexia again. So 3.30, not 2.30. But uh, that's this is saying it was September, so or or, or, or the twenty second Wednesday. You're saying it was Tuesday. What, I, are, what are you? How? Why? Why are there? Why can't all these websites agree? That's that's three different days we we've crossed here. Yeah, I I I, I don't know. It's <laughs> I I'm just kind of going off like I did like a Google search for fall equinox, and I'm looking at like just, you know, how it auto generates like a, a set of questions and answers. And it's yep. just like, you know, people also ask. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where I was getting what I said. So, so, so what do I know? Wow. Well, now I just clicked on one of those questions. What is the first official day of fall? And it said the first official day of fall is September 22nd. The equinox arrives at 2.21 p.m. Wednesday. So this is central. This is giving me central time. If if the other thing in here that says it's supposed to happen at 3.21 p.m., the Farmer's Almanac. I'm going to go with the Farmer's Almanac because, I mean, they're the Farmer's Almanac, right? <laughs> like they've been doing this kind of thing for hundreds of years or at least more than 100 well, we've had two, it said Tuesday, it said Wednesday, it said Thursday. Let's go with Wednesday, because that's also what the Farmer's Almanac says. Good enough for me. Good Lord, stupid internet. Something simple like, you know, <laughs> the sun crosses, what is it? It's like one of the, it's one of the tropics, right? 
it's not the equator. It's one of the, it's like the Tropic of Cancer or Capricorn. It's one of those, right? That's what I signifies so, the, I... the, the, the equinoxes. We, I would assume whichever one's north of the equator for us is is the relevant one, right? So you th- you'd think that the inner there you know there wouldn't be a whole lot of debate about that. The only thing that's consistent is the time. This uh, twenty one minutes after the hour, whether it's two o'clock or three o'clock, and whether it occurs on the twenty first, the twenty second, or the twenty third, they're not sure. But they know that it happens at twenty one minutes past the hour. <laughs> It's just, that's just mind boggling to me. It's something like that, you know, the internet can't even get right. How, you know, I I understand why no one believes anything anymore. (laughs) We can't even get basic science right about the planet and, and, and it's a, you know, position in the solar system relative to the sun, right? I mean, it doesn't help. Yeah. Like you mentioned, everything giving you central time when you actually have to start accounting for time zones and that sort of thing. Why is it giving me central time? I'm in Eastern. <laughs> so are you. <laughs> We're close to the, the border, right? It's, it's just right over there in Alabama. Yeah, basically. <laughs> which always gets me because I go, I go up north to visit my family, which I'm going to be doing soon uh, for the first time in a couple of years. Thanks, COVID. And um, they are on the Eastern edge of the central time zone and we are close to the western edge of the eastern time zone so there's really not much difference at all in the position of the sun so you really notice the time change my um my parents have like a plot of land and like tennessee farm country like up on the the big plateau where a lot of the farms in tennessee are the cumberland plateau uh is that the name of it i like that's the one that you drive over when you go from yeah, Chattanooga yeah. to uh, to Nashville, right? That that is the one, yeah. Yep. But um, my parents technically were their little plot of land with um the the like mobile home type thing they have on it. It's on the eastern side of the the line between time zones, but like the I guess the cell phone tower you <laughs> ping off of when you're there is in the central time zone. <laughs> And if you think about it, there's there's a lot of people that live, especially on the border with Central and Eastern time zones in this more populated Eastern half of the country. There's a lot of people that are that experienced stuff like that. Yeah, I, I'm sure that's not pleasant when you live near a spot like that. You know, think about how many people live near, you know, a metropolitan area with with like a local news affiliate, like a network affiliate where they're watching their local news. That's in a different time zone than they are. Like, <laughs> although I guess, you know, because of the way primetime TV works, they're all broadcasting at the same time anyway, but they always have the time and temperature up on the screen. And you're like, wait a minute, it's only eight or, or, or nine thirty. thought it was after 10. No, no, it is. It is here on this side of the road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all those people that live right on the Georgia-Alabama border have to deal with yeah, that. I'm, I'm sure that gets confusing. Like, 
I wonder how many times, Pete, like, like how often someone living in that position like would end up being late for work because their alarm pinged the, to the wrong tower on the wrong side. Yeah. <laughs> there's um there's a whole chunk of uh eastern Indiana that doesn't participate in daylight saving time. So they flip back and forth between central and eastern throughout the year. And I don't think they're 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 the only thing one like that. I think there are more spots like that on other time zone borders. I'm sure, yeah. Well, and I know a lot of has in my job I deal with power facilities and because of like the central coordination that goes on with those they they all kind of have to be on a similar time frame and that time frame is like it, it's generally eastern but it's non-daylight savings time eastern so sometimes it'll <laughs> coincide with with central time yep. yep exactly the same same situation trying to think what was the other thing i wanted to talk to you about that's not a news item oh yeah so <laughs> uh last time you were on we talked about um, Twinkie cereal, and I was gonna go get some Twinkie cereal because I looked it up, and and my Walmart that's close to me said they had like six or eight boxes of it in aisle whatever yeah, twenty eight. Yeah, yeah. So I I went the next day, like you know we recorded on Saturday. I went on Sunday to get some Twinkie cereal, and I happened to show up on the day where they had completely dismantled the entire <laughs> cereal aisle. They had like a dozen shopping carts that were piled full of all the boxes of cereal and maybe like 30% of the boxes were left on the shelf. And there were three people, employees standing there with like, you know, clipboards with diagrams on them and lists. And they were trying to figure out how to rearrange everything. And so I, I kind of casually pretended like I was shopping for the stuff on the other side of the aisle. I don't even remember what was there. It's maybe like, you know, planters, nuts and dried, you know, cran, cran raspberry things and, and, uh, you know, other types of like breakfast bars. I have no idea. Cause but I yeah, was, but like, you'll usually have like breakfast bars sure. and pop tarts on that same. Yeah. Aisle. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably what was there, but I actually don't remember cause I wasn't paying attention to it i was secretly looking in all of the carts to see if i could find the twinkie cereal i could not <laughs> and i thought well <laughs> you know oh well i guess the universe doesn't want me to get twinkie cereal and then i was sitting at work on monday and i and i thought i thought about the twinkie cereal again i thought you know i should go back today on my way <laughs> on my way home because surely they've fixed it right so I go and not I not at all. No, it was like I I walked around the corner into the aisle and it was like oh like beams oh, of nice. golden light coming down from you know there's like a cloud above with angels playing harps and horns and and it was all perfect like no one had even bought a box of cereal yet off of it and so I started at one end and I scanned up and down and I went all the way down the aisle no Twinkie cereal <laughs> like hey wait a minute. But the internet said, yeah, <laughs> the first day of fall is. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, you know, I kind of I went back the other way and I looked for the junk food cereal because I figured it would be around. They would all be together. 
and I did I did still didn't see it, but I I did see Fruity Pebbles, and for a second I thought about buying the Fruity Pebbles because I haven't bought that in forever. And then I remembered that we talked about Fruity Pebbles coffee creamer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the light bulb went on. I was like, ooh, let me go check the coffee creamer. And I ran over there and they had it. So I bought it. And Very it, cool. And it tastes exactly like the milk left over in the bottom of your bowl after you finish eating your Fruity Pebbles. Except yeah, no, it, the, the, the flavor scientist nailed that one. It's not pink. It's, it's white, like regular creamer. But it tastes exactly the same. Um, it, t- and it, unfortunately it's not a flavor that goes well with coffee. <laughs> it, it, it's has, has, I tend to buy a lot of like weird flavored coffees and some of them it works with, but like some of them, it very blatantly does not. So yeah, I have to yeah. be very mindful of which, which, uh, which coffee I'm pulling from the cold brew jar on that day. <laughs> I ended up, I took mine into work and put it in the, in the refrigerator. And then nobody else drank, used it, you know. So I ended up using it in our crappy Folgers coffee that we have at the office. And very slowly, I got rid of it, drank it all. Yeah, has it worked really well with, um, I buy a lot of Bones coffee, and they have this one called Electric Unicorn, which is, like, somewhat flavored to to be, like, one of those, like, fruity, sweet cereals. And so it worked amazingly oh. with that one. Well, yeah, that's, those are tailor-made for each other. Basically, yeah. I'll have to look at, well, it's not like I'm going to go buy more, but <laughs> I'll have to be more mindful of that. Like, hmm, what exactly does this yeah. taste like that I'm putting in coffee? Yeah, so some of those weird flavored creamers, like, some of them are great, but some of them only work with, like, very specific coffee flavors. Um, the, the, the best, like, general, my favorite, like, creamer to use in everything is there's a Cold Stone Creamery creamer that's just, it tastes like melted ice cream. Yes. And I have yet yes. to find coffee it doesn't work with. That's that's the best one. That one, I, it, you know, I struggle. I struggle with trying not to just drink it straight. Like I'll put it in the in my mug before my coffee, and then I'll take a sip of it every time. <laughs> Tastes like melted milkshake. Basically, <laughs> yeah. No, it's so good. Yeah, whoever buys the uh, the creamers reg- on the regular at my office gets that one all the time, and unfortunately hazelnut, which I can't stand. Oh, see, I love hazelnut. Well, you should come over to my office. And... <laughs> There's always about... a full a full container of hazelnut creamer that nobody's drinking. I mean, I'm still barely in my office at this point, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're on the on the three day a week thing, and of course, not everybody's doing it. But <laughs> I mean, we're we basically. We're still kind of on a come into the office as needed kind of plan. Like I couldn't do most of my work from home, but it's just because of record keeping policies. There's certain things that have to be done hard copy. So I'll have to go in like not even always once a week just to trade things off. We don't even have that. We can we can do our work completely from home. And we proved that last year. And the only reason anybody's going in at all is because they just they want warm bodies in the office to justify having the office i guess <laughs> i mean like 
the the only kind of guaranteed people in the office on any given day it's usually like a few of the managers kind of holding things down as far as in office yeah i was like even the administrative people i think are like you like you have like a certain grouping of admin admin people that are in on any given day and they kind of alternate so they're not all there we actually we got a new hire and and they were asking about plotting. We have a big plotter, large format printer, with, with, you know, huge paper on rolls, like 30, 36 inches wide. And, um, you know, for our big drawings. And yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they were asking, how, how do you use it? And everybody was like, oh, I'm not sure I remember. Like, nobody could remember the last time we'd even turned it on <laughs> other than to get the, the meter reading for the, you know, the, the, the company that maintains it. <laughs> the meter reading that hasn't changed in over a year because <laughs> no one's used it we're like we're not even sure it works <laughs> does it even have paper loaded in it if not do we even have more rolls of paper to put in it and we did and it had paper in it it was fine and it worked but that was the first time that it had been used in a year and a half See, ours is kind. Of, we're kind of having the opposite problem has like our printers are still getting used has like I said like certain policies we have require yep. certain things be done in hard copy but the problem is because the the admin people who kind of keep track of supplies are not there as much like we keep running out of paper oh, and so like yeah. sometimes i'll need to print something and i'm having to like scour the entire building to find the appropriate <laughs> like any extra appropriately sized paper yeah for what we do every, you, everybody's always printing off of the regular eight and a half by 11 or 11 by 17, yeah. you know, the floor stand copier printer thing. But, uh, that, that big plotter though, you know, that's, that's quote unquote, the reason why, why we're in the office is because we work in a collaborative field where we all work together and, and they have this vision of that, like everybody standing around the conference table with the big drawing laid out and everybody looking at it and marking on it and stuff. And it's like, well, we can do that virtually. And we have been yeah. doing it for a year and a half. <laughs> if only there were some kind of online tools to foster that kind of collaboration. And we have them. We have multiple tools that do the same thing, not just one. And it's like, and everybody's really good at using them now. Like before the pandemic, there were people who, well, maybe, you know, older employees, <laughs> management level people who uh, don't get along with computers anyway. Even those people are now good with all of this stuff. I, I will say, like, my experience with, like, tech literacy <laughs> is it's not just, like, the old end of the spectrum anymore. Because you have a lot of the newer people who are used to devices like tablets or whatnot that operate, like, on very closed systems, basically. And I'm noticing kind of, like, similar tech literacy in them as, like, that older end of the spectrum. Yeah, that's that's funny that you mentioned that because uh, Allison had been complaining about that. She had had a bunch of um, younger, like Gen Z people fresh out of school that were having problems using computers. And we were <laughs> baffled by it. We're like, wait a minute. No, you people are are supposed to be the ones that know all this stuff. <laughs> You're the ones that are supposed to be showing us all the tricks. I guess not. And I think yeah, I think what it, you, the reason you just came up with is probably it. 
Now, as far as I can tell, that has like a lot of tech is like pivoting towards these devices where the users can't really do anything with the hardware and mm -hmm. it's a closed software ecosystem and that sort of thing. And that there's like less call for people to build those skills like they were, you know, when you and I were younger. Right. When nothing worked right. <laughs> Basically, I, I mean, I, like... Yeah, no, I remember having to fight with uh, MS-DOS and, like, the early versions of, of Windows. Thankfully, I avoided that. I was, I was in the Mac world exclusively back in those days, like the 90s, early to mid-90s. It wasn't until the late 90s when I got, got into PC or started, yeah. started working in both worlds. Yeah, no, my dad from a very early point is like, this is what I'm starting to see in my office. This is what I think will be big when you're working. So I'm going to make sure you're literate in it. Yeah, we didn't have exactly that conversation, but that was, uh, you know, my dad sold printing for decades. And um, he saw, you know, the early Macs coming into the offices for the graphic designers and stuff at his work in the early eighties. And he, he, he recognized that that was going to be the future. So he went and went out and bought an Apple two plus or whatever. So that's what we had growing up. Makes sense. Are you, do you have a Apple stuff? Do you have iPhone, Apple watch? That kind of thing? Uh, I, I did end up getting on the, um, the, the Apple ecosystem for my phone anyway. Not, not really anything else, but, but phone definitely. You have a, an Android or no, that's a Fitbit. Yeah, I, I do have a Fitbit. Um, uh, never really had much need for the, the bells and whistles an Apple watch has, uh, like a, I think this was like, I bought it for 70 bucks. Like it yeah. does everything I need out of this sort of thing. I was, uh, I was totally ready to jump on board the, the Apple watch train finally after seven years <laughs> this fall. And then, uh, all the rumors were wrong. <laughs> there was no major redesign and they're apparently having issues, which may be one of the reasons why there was no redesign. Um, they're having issues producing them to the point that they didn't even really announce pricing or any specifics or a, a, a date you can buy them. <laughs> I'm like, um, I have a health stipend I have to spend by like December 20th or something. <laughs> you, you better hurry up or else. Yeah, yeah, no, pretty much anything with a chip in it is in short supply right now. Like... If you've paid attention to the video card market at all, like finding the latest video cards, if you can find them, they're marked up by like a huge percentage. Yeah. Like even cars, because they have so many electronics nowadays, my parents uh, just traded in uh, their vehicle and like there's no supply even on like cars. And like the last time I took my Honda in for service, the Honda dealership, that lot was as empty as I've ever seen it. I had heard about that with cars because there's the whole rental car thing, you know, where they sold their fleets because nobody was traveling. And, uh, and, and so they had to buy new cars, but then it's compounded by this. Yeah. The fact that they can't, they can't make them fast enough for various reasons. One of which is that they're, they're full of uh, silicon now. 
I mean, it's the reason why you still can't really find a PlayStation 5 or the new Xbox is just because, like, as soon as any supply whatsoever drops, it's snapped up immediately because there's so little of it. Wow. So neither neither of them had to uh, Sony or, 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 or Microsoft. Xbox is Microsoft, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I can't process that. <laughs> Wait, who makes Xbox? I can never remember, and I think it's Microsoft, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, with the uh, when they release those new ones, and it's artificially constrained supplies, you know, to to build up the hype and everything. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they didn't have to do that on purpose this time, huh? Yeah, no, it just just <laughs> happened. I managed to get myself an Xbox Series X a while back, so I at least yeah. have one of the new gen consoles. But still, uh... no PlayStation Five though. No, because the problem is uh, whenever supply becomes available, I guess, I I don't know what the thought process is, but I guess because they're in such high demand, they keep getting put into like large bundles of like games and gift cards and like other extraneous stuff. And like, I don't want that second one bad enough to do that. Um, You know, to get the first one, that was one thing. But for the second one, I'm just like, nah, pass. (laughs) Yeah, how much <clears throat> how much extra stuff are they asking you to buy? Um, usually the bundles for like the the more expensive like disc based versions of the consoles. Usually the bundles are coming out to like seven hundred to seven hundred and fifty. And the console itself is only supposed to be four or five. Uh, four hundred for the discless versions, five hundred for the version with the disc drive. Yeah. Yeah. So they want you to spend fifty percent more. At least <laughs> to get up, you know, a bunch of stuff that you probably already have or don't need. Though at the same time, like that's still cheaper than what like the console alone is going for on eBay right now or like other marketplaces. Yeah, I guess you 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 really have to <laughs> examine how badly you want it. I, yeah, like if you want it badly enough for seven fifty, that's still better than I think the last time I looked. The going rate for the console on like eBay and the like was like nine nine hundred and thirty or something like wow. that. <laughs> Forget about gasoline and food price gouging. We need somebody to address this uh, video game console price gouging we got going on. <laughs> Come on, people! Priorities. <laughs> <laughs> We're all still spending a lot of time at home. We need entertainment. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> Although it is fall, so uh, and and not that this is uh, it's not as big a deal as it as it used to be, but uh, there are more TV shows popping up. That's true. No, and I will say, um, uh, Final Fantasy fourteen, which is like the MMO version of uh final fantasy kind of like you know that world of warcraft online style of gameplay they have a free trial that basically gives you access to all the base content up to level 50 and that's actually been a blessing right now (laughs) servers are actually a little overloaded but i've still managed to to get on when i want to well that's good well, since we're talking about video games, did you have some video game news that you wanted to talk about? Sure. Nintendo did uh, one of their uh, Nintendo Directs, which is where they just do like a live stream where they announce 
a bunch of stuff uh and the one the recent announcements uh from the september direct were actually had some pretty good ones um kind of the two biggest is they announced they'd be they've had this system as part of like the switch online where you can play like classic games that have been kind of reformatted to work on the switch they announced an expansion to that with uh, Nintendo 64 games and Sega Genesis games, though it if I'm understanding right, it sounds like there might be like a premium cost added to the uh, switch online to, to actually get access to that stuff. Well, how does that work with the uh, Sega? Who owns them? I mean, Sega, Sega, even though they don't do hardware anymore, they're still an oh, independent okay. company. Um, but they have been, I, I guess, because like people who grew up with Nintendo and Sega kind of like, there's a lot of crossover. I did uh, Nintendo and Sega have been working pretty closely for years now. Um, I didn't know they didn't do hardware anymore. I kind of assumed. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the Sega Dreamcast was their last piece of oh, okay. hardware, which was when I was in college. So like early 2000s. Wow. Okay. But yeah, like to your, uh, to your point, if you if you were into games and and you had a Nintendo, you probably had a Sega too. So yeah, it makes sense. They they also uh, Shigeru Miyamoto, who kind of is the big designer at Nintendo behind a lot of their big franchises. Uh, they kind of announced some news regarding the Mario movie they've been working on uh, with Illumination, the studio that does Despicable Me uh, okay. and, and some of those similarly styled movies. Um, not Pixar. Not Pixar, yeah. <laughs> those not, not Pixar, not Blue Sky, um, which are kind of the other big ones. But uh, they, they announced a date uh, of December... Let me check, be sure I'm right about the year. Uh, and again, this is coming off the internet, so it could be the day before or the day after. Uh, <laughs> d d uh, apparently, the plan date is uh, December 2022. Uh, I can't remember what the precise date is, but basically holiday 2022. And they made some cast announcements, too, for the voices. Uh, Chris Pratt, Star-Lord, is, is Mario. Oh, nice. <laughs> Uh, Charlie Day of Always Sunny Fame is Luigi. Okay, are they doing Italian accents? That's a very good question. Uh, I guess we won't know until we get actual clips with voices. Uh, Jack Black is Bowser. Which might be the greatest part of the cast announcement to me. Uh, Keegan Michael Key of Key and Peele is Toad. Uh, and apparently Donkey Kong's going to make an appearance in it, and that's going to be Seth Rogen. <laughs> okay, that one, that one makes sense. I can see that. <laughs> and well, then apparently they've also, I guess it's more of a cameo thing, but Charles Martinet, who's been the voice of Mario in the games for like 30 years, I think, is, uh, will have like a bunch of cameos in the movie, apparently. So at least they didn't forget he existed for it, and they're giving him something. <laughs> well, I can't wait to hear Chris Pratt's Italian accent. Yeah, no, that 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 will be interesting. <laughs> and uh, the the third kind of big announcement was 
they reminded the world that Bayonetta 3 exists. Um, they, they had announced Bayonetta 3, which is, uh, you know, one of those kind of stylish action games uh, that I've talked before, like the Devil May Cry series. Uh, they had announced Bayonetta 3 back in 2017, and then oh, wow. nothing more has been said about it since. <laughs> but This is Nintendo. They, yeah, well, it, it, it's Nintendo's funding it, but it's developed by a studio called Platinum Games, um, who, who kind of specialize in that kind of action. But uh, they they showed a new trailer for Bayonetta three, and like it wasn't just cinematic stuff; it was actual gameplay. And it's they didn't give a precise date, but they they did say it's coming out in twenty twenty two. Maybe maybe uh, it's better <laughs> to just not say anything for four years and get it right rather than. Uh, do what uh, Cyberpunk 2077 has been doing. Yeah, and, and <laughs> yeah, ju- just go, and they didn't just give us another cinematic trailer, like it seems to be actual gameplay, which is which would definitely support that it is close to being done. Was this one you were looking forward to seeing it, you know, come out and, and, and play, be able to play, and, and you've been had you lost track of it over those I, four years? <laughs> yeah, I, I had kind of forgot. Like, I, I do look forward to it. Like, that style of game, I, like, I enjoy them, but I'm very bad at them. So it's always a question of how far will I actually get before I move on to something else. Oh. <laughs> it is usually the way it ends up going with those. Also, some of like the other random. Well, th- this one's not random. They they did announce Splatoon three, which Splatoon's kind of a third person team shooter thing where instead of shooting the other team, you're trying to like paint the arena in more of your color ink uh, than the other team. Like like all the characters are like squid squid people. Huh. Uh, and the first two were very popular, uh, and they finally announced the third one uh, as as part of that drop earlier in the week. Splatoon, like Splatoon. Splat, splat and Toon. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and some of like the other little random tidbits is uh, there's going to be a Final Fantasy kart racing game for some reason. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Wait, what what kind of a game is Final Fantasy usually? It's an RPG. Right. And okay, so they're they're making a kart race. It, it's a it's game. a kart racer and they're calling it Chocobo GP, which Chocobo are kind of the signature like like giant bird steeds that are in the game. Bird steeds? Yeah, they're basically just giant birds <laughs> that people ride in place of horses in a lot of the Final Fantasy continuities. Are they like like ostrich ostriches or emus? Like kind of along they, those lines? Kind of like a cross between those and like cute little yellow like baby chicks. <laughs> <laughs> so- but, well, like like definitely a midpoint between an ostrich and a chicken for sure. <laughs> So like if uh ostrich babies looked more like uh like baby chickens 
with the yellow feathers and all cute and stuff, but twice the size of an ostrich. Adult, yeah, more uh, or less. Twice the size yeah. of an adult ostrich. Okay, that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it could be interesting, just I don't think that's something anyone expected. <laughs> From Final Fantasy, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and then kind of the, the last one that really got my attention is, uh, do you remember a game from like the Super Nintendo period called Act Razor? Act? A-C-T Razor? Yes. No. It, it was kind it, it was kind of a hybrid, like, si- it had side-scrolling action sequences, but there was also like a god sim element where you're like trying to restore the world as you like cleaned out monsters via the side-scrolling action segments. Huh. Um, they announced a substantial remake of that game called Actraiser Renaissance, which basically released on the day they announced it. Yeah, yesterday, as we're recording this. Basically, yeah. yeah. And it's not just Nintendo announced like announced it as part of their release, but apparently it's going to be like on pretty much all console hardware. Um, but but still, just the fact that this was being developed and like I I certainly wasn't aware of it. And it's kind of an odd one to remake because like I I don't know that ActRaiser like ActRaiser was one of those games a lot of people remember fondly, but I don't know if anyone was clamoring for a remake of it. It's... <laughs> They just, they, yeah, they, they had the first one. It looks like they came out with another one a few years later and then it just went away. Yeah. They, they, someone tried to do a sequel a couple of years ago and that was my understanding, not very good or well received, but it wouldn't surprise me if this was just a repurposing of the assets from the sequel, just to, to do something that might make money with them kind of try to try to cut like somehow mitigate the losses there yeah and then there were a couple of other announcements that were like announcements of other announcements it it was (laughs) kind of as they're making a big deal they're about to release the last character um for uh super smash brothers ultimate uh, and they were basically announcing when they were going to announce that last character which i believe was october 5th so they announced a date for the announcement. Did the same thing for, I guess there's a huge <laughs> update coming out for um, Animal Crossing in the not-too-distant future as well. And that 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 was another situation where it's like, we're going to announce when we're going to make this announcement. <laughs> well, I guess, you know, too much news is better than not enough, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they they wanted to, like, especially with Smash, as Smash is such a big thing, I guess they just wanted to to give that one its its own announcement phase. Uh, and Animal Crossing has been huge kind of through COVID, like keeping people sane as they're stuck in their house. Like, sometimes it's interesting to think about, like, would animal would the switch animal crossing have become as big as it was if people weren't stuck at home yeah we talked about that at the time true <laughs> yeah i remember that cuz i mean it's always been a popular series but i don't think it's ever been as huge as the switch version is is that it for video that game is news it for the uh the nintendo news yep well, speaking of uh people needing things to do while they're stuck in their house 
if you if you're like me and you've watched everything on Pornhub, <laughs> I, like me, meaning a generic person who is presenting this, not not necessarily me. Uh, solid <laughs> deflection. There, there is a, uh, a Taiwanese math professor teaching high-level mathematics in Chinese on on his Pornhub channel. Okay, Chang, Chang Su Math Six Six Six. Maybe not the best uh, number to append your username with, but uh, yeah. So uh, this is all about getting around uh, restrictions in China. They don't want you learning uh, real, real high-level math on the internet there. So uh, this guy took to Pornhub, and he has uh, 1.3 million views as of uh, a few days ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow, we really have rounded a corner of sorts. <laughs> or, I don't know, if it... it did we cover that on this show? I can't remember. Uh, I might have had it in the news and skipped it a while back where, where Pornhub had, had uh, they were trying to get rid of uh, underage stuff, you know? And in and, and, and the, and the process, like, they basically had to scour anything where they couldn't verify the source. They're probably starved for, con- like, any kind of content to show on there at this point. That's That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Yeah, they 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 deleted like half their library <laughs> in a in a uh, you know being extra cautious, trying to get rid of the uh, sketchy stuff. And and now you can learn math in Chinese. Who knew? <laughs> and the only other thing I had was <laughs> so uh, Blue Origin. You know you know who they are, right? Uh, yes. That's a. Uh, Dr. Beevil's little space outfit there with the penis-shaped rockets. I guess they're going to send up another penis-shaped rocket, uh, but this time it's uh, Captain James T. Kirk. Okay, I was wondering. I, I did for see where I did see where William Shatner was going to be yep. the oldest person to go into space. I just didn't see which company that was with. It's it's Blue Origin. Yeah, he's ninety. Shatner. I knew he was old. But I thought he was like I, I I remember looking up his age and I thought it was recently, but you know, time's elastic, and then he had just turned eighty, but now he's ninety. And yeah, he's going into space on the new Shepherd giant penis rocket. Yeah, the oldest person ever to be launched into space. Fifteen minute flight. So they're barely going to space again. It's just basically getting outside the atmosphere, then yep. floating around for like what, like a minute, and then coming back. Yeah, it's just like a an extended ballistic trajectory almost. It's not even yeah, they're not they're not hitting orbit, going up and flattening out, and then coming back down. It's just up there long enough to be able to say you're in space. Yay, we're in space. Let's do a TikTok video, and now we're coming back. Right. And of course, if it's on TikTok right now, it has to involve the Berries and Cream song in some way right now. Oh, okay. Um, Are, you know the, the Berries and Cream Starburst ad from like early 2000s? Um, no. 
I mean, I'm sure I've seen it, but I don't. I don't remember it. You probably, it, it, it was very distinct, and I do recommend looking it up. It was like kind of one of the early viral YouTube things. It's this. It's this person dressed in period clothing. Uh, period clothing. <laughs> who's like. Uh, do, does what he refers to as the little lad dance uh, that he had to do for mummy when he wanted berries and cream. Uh, and he's very excited <laughs> by the berries and cream starburst. Uh, and it kind of, uh, so Justin McElroy of the McElroy podcast family put a really good cut of the audio on TikTok. And now people are like remixing it endlessly. And it's, I can't escape it. It's everywhere right now on TikTok. Berries and cream, berries and cream. That's I'm the a one. little lad who loves berries and cream. Up the octave, go for it. Berries and cream, <laughs> berries and cream. I'm a little lad who loves berries and cream. Easy peasy. Nice yeah, and no, easy. it's just you can't escape it right now. Berries and cream, berries and so cream. So it's just a bunch I'm of people. Lad who loves berries and cream. Miming. Well, no, wait, that. wait, wait until like there's a it's whole a bunch of remixes of like well-known songs now using elements of it, and it it, it it's just taking over. So, and the same thing happened when it went viral on YouTube years ago. What's the original Berries and Cream song? It doesn't sound like that, does it? No, I mean that that's just the the Starburst ad. That that's just straight up what the audio is. But people have been remixing it into all kinds of like popular songs. Wait, the lad that wants berries and cream is from the Starburst commercial? That that is the Starburst. Oh, yeah. Okay. Jack Fervor. Oh, he looks different. <laughs> you said it was from the early two thousands. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't look the same anymore. Yeah, that's the actor. Who I believe uh is a professor in like the performing arts department of some university. Um I saw someone on TikTok talk about how, like, hey, I think that's one of my professors. And apparently it's on the syllabus, like, please don't bring up the berries and cream thing too often. <laughs> it's like, yes, I know, but please don't bring it up all the time. No, I don't remember this commercial at all. Oh, wow. Because, yeah, like I said, like, they, uh, Starburst put it up on YouTube and like a similar thing happened. It was getting like remixes and like imitations and it was just, you couldn't escape it. And now, now it's exploded all over TikTok. This says he's from Wisconsin, but now he lives in New York and does, I'm not sure, some kind of like interpretive dance in a sheer bodysuit. <laughs> At least that's the. That's the picture that's coming up now. <laughs> yeah, I, I just know about, like I said, I just know about the the teaching at some college because someone on on like a very young person on TikTok who maybe wouldn't remember that commercial's first time in the sun, like was like, "Hey, I I think my professor is the berries and cream lad." Yeah, yeah. This doesn't say where he teaches, just that he does in, in somewhere in New York. So, yeah, I, I've heard it uh, remixed into Bohemian Rhapsody. I've heard it remixed into that Little Nas X song that was so big a few weeks ago. Uh, 
I've heard it re- like I've heard it remixed into so many like current songs and like at this point I'm just happy when I get to a TikTok that has audio that doesn't mention berries <laughs> and cream. No, I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always hungry. What did what did you want to talk about uh today on your your segment? Very I don't know if anyone else is watching uh Marvel the Marvel What If animated series. Uh, that is running on Disney Plus right now. I am not. I, I don't have the Disney Plus at the moment. That That is fair. Uh, so, like, both Marvel and DC, the comics, have had kind of their, their comic lines that'll take, like, a major event or a character and, like, explore changing one little thing about them. Like, Marvel, it would usually be, like, a bunch of one-if, one-shots that'd be, like, what if Spider-Man killed the guy who killed Uncle Ben and became kind of a Punisher-like figure? Um, you know, like, what if this major event in the comics turned out differently? Like, stuff like that. And DC had their Elseworlds imprint that was usually, like, a more detailed exploration of a change. Like, one of the most famous ones is uh, Superman Red Sun which is like what if superman had his pod had fell onto a ukrainian farm during <laughs> the stalin era <laughs> uh i was trying to think something uh, there's another one uh, justice league the nail which is like what if clark kent never or you know what if he had ne- never left the farm um to to go to metropolis uh like like little twists like that and more recently they they came up with a concept called the dark multiverse which is just like here here's what would happen if one of the heroes gave into their fear in a critical moment uh and a lot of them center around batman who's kind of viewed as like the most paranoid superhero anyway (laughs) the most likely the the most likely to fall yeah the most likely to fall to something like that uh the kind of the most famous instance is the batman who laughs who is it's a batman who finally like gives in and takes the joker like off the table by killing him but you find out the joker had a super concentrated version of his joker toxin that was set to go off as if his heart stopped basically (laughs) dead man switch uh, and so you get a version of batman who has all of bruce's training and skills combined with uh the joker's attitude towards life and how nothing matters <laughs> and this was this was in a comic or this was on tv this was in a comic, uh, and they, they've done, like, little one-shots kind of in the Marvel what-if style, like, that usually center around major events that, like, what if this thing that that turned things in the hero's favor didn't happen or went wrong? Uh, and it was, it, it was basically a very dark take on the, the subject, because it would usually be, like, how wrong could this have gone if it hadn't worked out? Um, but Marvel kind of took their comic concept and made a TV show based in the MCU about it. Um, I think it's the first season's plan to be nine episodes. They've released seven of them. And, y- you know, you get little changes. Like the first episode is 
what if something had gone wrong uh, during World War II with trying to give uh, Steve Rogers the super soldier serum and they had to give it to Peggy Carter instead? And I think the second one was, what if the Ravagers had screwed up and taken T'Challa from Earth instead of Peter Quill? Uh, which the, the one, the stuff, uh, Chadwick Boseman, who played T'Challa in the movies, like most of the VAs in these episodes are their actors uh, from the MCU movies, uh, with some exceptions. Uh, and apparently the stuff he did for What If is some of the last stuff Chadwick Boseman uh, did before he passed. Yeah, I saw I saw him in the in the cast and wondered, well, they must have been working on this for a while. To have yeah, they, stuff they, done they, already. yeah, and it's kind of unfortunate, too, as in some of the later episodes, like you can kind of hear how sick he was getting towards the end. Mm. Um, but but the Star-Lord one's really fun because it's just. As you know how the first Guardians movie kicks off with Peter Quill, Star-Lord, trying to make a big deal out of himself and no one's heard of him? <laughs> uh, in, in the episode, you find out that, like, T'Challa has made Star-Lord a name that, like, everyone knows and respects. It was, like, a very fun spin on the whole thing. Uh, and then you, after that, when you get to some of the, like, wilder swings, like... Episode three is kind of a what if as uh, Nick Fury needed to bring the Avengers together like someone was taking them out, which it's actually one of the few episodes you don't see like what ch the event that changed things like you do in, in some of the other episodes. Uh, one of them's a Stephen or a Doctor Strange centric episode, uh, which still Benedict Cumberbatch doing the voice. And it's what if rather than losing his hands, uh, Stephen Strange had lost someone he loved instead. Like what kind of messed up stuff with magic would he get into then? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much everybody back voicing their original roles. Um, a, a lot of them. I know uh, Scarlett Johansson isn't back for Black Widow's appearances, which, for you know, for good reason, since that working relationship is broken down. Uh, I know uh, Dave Batista is not the voice of Drax in the few episodes he appears. Uh, and then uh, they don't use Robert Downey Jr. for Iron Man's appearances. It's actually this really good sound-alike Mick Wingert, uh, who I think does most of like, the animated series and the video game appearances anyway. Uh, which I'm familiar, Mick Winger is also a regular on the No Sleep podcast, which is one of my favorite horror podcasts. But for, for the most part, it is the actual cast from the MCU movies. And the most recent one, Episode 7, was a lot of fun. It was, what if Thor was an only child? You know, basically, what if Odin had given Loki back to the giants instead of taking him in as his own son? And Thor, it basically the general premise is Thor goes to Earth to party. <laughs> like it's one of the few that there's no real serious point. It's just Thor's become a party animal without this influence from Loki in his life. <laughs> without having having somebody a little evil that forces him to do some good. Yeah, basically. Yeah. 
And then there, I, I think one of the more interesting ones is they they had one with it kind of if Tony instead of taking that shrapnel to the chest and going through his ordeal in the cave, what if instead of getting that development, he had been saved by a soldier uh, from the attack? And in this case, that soldier was uh, Killmonger from the Black Panther movie. So it's basically Killmonger getting in good with Tony and getting access to his tech. <laughs> okay, uh, can you explain... I'm looking at the cast. Can you explain this one? Seth Green as Howard the Duck. Uh, <laughs> Howard the Duck shows up. He's more of a background element. I think he shows up the most in the the Thor as an only child episode. Like he, he's in the party, and if I recall correctly, at some point, him and um, Kat Dennings' character, whose name escapes me right now, from the the Thor movies. Darcy uh, Lewis. Darcy, yeah. Uh, they end up partying together, and if I recall correctly, get like Vegas, like a Vegas wedding kind of deal. <laughs> Why is is okay? Is Howard the Duck a Marvel character? He is, yes. I vaguely remember that being a having been a comic before it was turned into a bad movie. Yeah. The, I, I will say as a kid and like I probably like I was super young when that movie came out like I loved that movie for a time. I can't tell you why cuz I have rewatched it since and it is not good. But... <laughs> it has but its yeah, moments, but Yeah, but but he yeah, Howard the Duck is a Marvel character um and I believe has been from the beginning like he's not this character that was created elsewhere and folded in like i think he was kind of always intended as a marvel character but but yeah um and he showed up in the mcu a couple of times has uh he, he's part of the collector's collection uh in guardians oh, okay did uh could did, did you see him in one of the movies yes like in the background yeah, he, he was like in a containment unit and uh, I, it might have been a stinger, but but he was part of the collector's collection. And I think in the movies he was no I can't remember who voiced him uh, for for his limited MCU appearances. <laughs> I was going to see uh, if I could see where it said any anywhere. Um yeah, no, I do not recall. I know it's Seth Green in the the What If series, but I I know it was someone different in the movies. I just can't remember who. But no, it's it's a fun series, though. Other than the Thor episode, uh, things tend to get pretty pretty dark. Typically, has has usually even when it seems like things are going well, they end up going wrong in some way. And then, of course, there's the the What If Zombies episode that's kind of loosely, loosely based on a miniseries called Marvel Zombies, which is basically like how bad it would be if you had like superheroes turning into zombies and their zombie versions still retained their like powers and skills. <laughs> Who gets zombified in that one? I mean, honestly, like most people by the end, you just kind of have this small group of people that are still uninfected. The survivors who are trying to fight their way out or 
Yeah, I, I think in the the What If series, it was largely a function of you had uh, Pym and his group got infected early, and so as like like nano sized people, they were able to get to a lot of the heroes before anyone realized what was happening. Uh, in the comics, and DC actually did kind of their own take on the zombie concept. And in both cases, it goes horribly wrong when the speedsters get infected. It's pretty much over when that happens. And I think both Marvel and DC's version of zombies in the comics. <laughs> I know it's been a fun series and I'm really there. There's been in some of the preview stuff. I think it's been implied that there is going to be some kind of like overarching plot thing that ends up tying all the episodes together. We haven't seen that yet. Um, so far, it's just a character called the watcher who's kind of watching, you know, seeing how things could have played out differently. If like little things had been tweaked, uh, who the watcher is like, he's a character in the comics, uh, Uatu the watcher. And they make a big deal about how they're only supposed to watch. They're not supposed to interfere in any way. Uh, and I'm kind of wondering about how hard that's being pushed in the comic or uh, in the show. As in the comics, Uatu constantly gets into trouble with his people because he interferes like all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like gets put on trial for it at least once. So what's the point of just watching? They haven't really given an explanation for it, uh, in the show. Um, I know I believe in the comics one of the reasons they don't intervene is because uh it's like the few times they as a race intervened it went very wrong but I can't remember what the reason behind their watching uh certain planets was so they they have they have a prime directive but we don't know whether they're studying whether they're what they're looking for yeah, I, I, it's been so long since, I think the last time the Watchers were a significant presence in the comics was like a big event book from a while back that I never fully read. So I actually don't know what they've been up to recently. But yeah, I'll, I'll, if they do have some kind of meta plot that eventually ties all these little what if stories together, I'm really curious. Um, has we, they, they've also so, shown... Uh, one of the previews had a shot of like it showed the panning shot of the Avengers from like the first Avengers movie. And then it would cut back and forth. Like it would cut between the, those Avengers and then uh, various characters from the different what if scenarios. So it'll be interesting to see if they, they bring them all together somehow. It looks like there's two episodes left. Two left, yeah, um, as we're on seven, the most recent one was seven out of a planned nine, at least for the first yeah. season. I don't know how how long they plan to keep this going. They're dropping on Wednesdays, so there's a, there's an episode eight is available as this is being listened to, and then one more. Yep, I, I, I've been very much enjoying it, especially the the episodes that get to like, the bigger, more interesting changes, and like the just the Thor, yeah, the the Thor episode was just <laughs> straight up a lot of fun. Just just Thor having this big world spanning party that causes all kinds of disruptions because everyone wants to join in on the party. 
I was going to say uh, Party Thor sounds fun. Does he use his hammer as a, as a party favor? Like, <laughs> uh, His main use of it is they do eventually have like shield steps in to try to like okay this is causing major problems we need to stop this <laughs> and then like the the person they send up against him like after they fight for a bit he just kind of like sets the hammer very lightly on top of them to to stop the fight oh. <laughs> but he's not using it to like uh crack open you know an entire uh container of nuts for the yeah party no, no, platter nothing or... like <laughs> yeah, no, nothing like that I saw and it. Like, it becomes a massive, like, intergalactic party. Like, you you have uh, the, the, the scrolls show up. You you have a bunch of other aliens. You have, like, a, like half the Guardians are there. You have uh, Loki actually shows up, and he's, like, Prince of, uh, Prince of the Giants in this version. So he's, like, a big blue man, like the, the Giants <laughs> generally are shown. So, like, any good party, it gets completely out of hand. Yeah, basically. Is there a, is there a, like, a, do they show at the end, at the end, them just cleaning up, all hungover? <laughs> uh, not, not necessarily all hungover, but, but yes, the, the threat of uh, Frigga being called on Thor results in him trying to get everyone to help him clean up. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was just kind of, especially after how dark some of the previous episodes got, it was kind of nice to have that as like a, a kind of a change change of pace before they get into the whatever the final two episodes do. Well, cool. I'll have to check that out when I eventually get the Disney Plus back. Yeah, no, I, I've been enjoying it. It's honestly one of my favorite things they, they've done on the Disney Plus service Marvel-wise so far. Like, it and Loki are basically my two favorite things. Well, fun. Does that about do it for us today? I think so. How long have we been going? Uh, over an hour. Seems like like a solid ending point. I don't really have anything else to, to throw out. All right. Well, Josh, it was good seeing you. Good seeing you. Come As back. always, I enjoy doing this. <laughs> Come back again. And uh, yeah, maybe I will have found Twinkie cereal now that I'm thinking about it again. Because, of course, I hadn't <laughs> since then. I brought back the memories. Well, I probably wouldn't have remembered it at all if, if I hadn't gotten the uh, Fruity Pebbles creamer. And then that became like a joke at work about how it was just sitting in there. Nobody was drinking it. So I had to, I had to drink it all. Um <laughs> Yeah, people, uh, you know, other other people are uh, kind of horrified by that concept, and rightfully so. Yeah, you don't want fruit in your coffee. <laughs> At least, you know, that kind of coffee. What was the coffee that it tasted good in? Uh, it was Bones Electric Unicorn, which it was also kind of going for like a fruity cereal yeah. kind of note to the flavor. I should have remembered that because you have a unicorn on your shirt. I I have a fair number of shirts with unicorns. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually do have uh, the electric unicorn shirt somewhere. <laughs> but in general, like I love Bones's branding because they like everything has a skeleton on it. Like all their symbols for all their coffee flavors involve a skeleton somewhere on there. 
that's appropriate. Yeah, no, but whoever they have uh, doing their branding is very dedicated, and I I love nearly everything they've made. Where do you buy that at? at just a regular grocery store? Or you got to go some someplace special. It, it, it's uh, the, I think they only sell online. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm not aware of any stores carrying them. Ooh, sample pack, coffee club, bundles, seasonal, blowout. I'm looking at their website. Yeah, I actually just bought a bunch of a bunch of clearance priced packs of the um the summer seasonal. Because apparently they're still sitting on a bunch of that. Ooh, maple the, bacon. Um, All right, I'm sold. <laughs> I actually have a bag of the maple maple bacon in my cabinet right now. You like it? Um, I actually haven't made any yet. I do most the, most of my coffee cold brew nowadays is like my stomach doesn't really appreciate the acidity of uh-huh. hot brewed coffee, so I I haven't made a batch of the maple bacon yet. Did you did you try the uh the low acid coffees before you gave up and went cold brew? I I mean the cold brew the cold brewing's so easy and it it's I feel like the flavor's a little better than some of those attempts at like low acid coffees. And like cold brewing it, like almost no acidity is produced anyway, so so why not just stick with the easily obtainable stuff and do it that way? Is that what that uh those cans, the cold brew stuff from Starbucks, is that that's what they're aping? Yeah, basically. Method. Well, and cold brewing, because like you can leave it in like like you can leave the grounds in there for as long as you like. And like a lot of cold brews more concentrated uh, than than hot brewed coffee. It's easier to get it stronger. Yeah, you, you can basically kind of like based on length of time, get it however you want. And like a lot of the home cold brew things like what I have, it's just like a metal filter that sits down inside a mason jar. Yeah. And you pour water on it and like let it sit for, you know, either on the counter for like a day or in the fridge for as long as you want, really. Yeah. So you need to be thinking ahead of time. (laughs) A a little bit. Yeah. I I, I basically have two cold brew. Like I basically have my cold brew maker and then like I have a container that has whatever's left from the last batch I made. So like I'll usually have two things in there in the fridge at any time. Yeah, I do traditional hot brew, whatever you call it, <laughs> regular. And uh, but then I I've been since we're at home so much, um, I've been brewing a lot more than I used to, like full pots. And then I just dump the extra into a big plastic jug that I keep in the fridge. And then I have iced coffees later. That works. I'm pretty much immune to caffeine now. <laughs> <laughs> same though same <laughs> it just ends up getting i drink it all day long now um all right well let's go uh send the show and go get some more coffee what do you say sounds like a plan all right thanks again we'll see you next time until next time now's where you can ask me um where they can find us uh where where can they find us i'm glad you asked they can find us at nerdburgershow.com and email us nerdburgershow at protonmail.com. Join us next time on Nerdburger when Larry returns to do that 
food blog thing maybe we were teasing. And also to talk Rick and Morty Season 5 like we were supposed to last time. And maybe some other things that we were supposed to do that didn't, we didn't. Like those news items that I didn't read. 